Welcome to Pageantland, the UK's premier podcast for all things pageantry, with your host, Jessica Barkley. Here you'll find guest experts, past, present, and future queens, plus my own personal insights into what it's like to follow your pageantry dreams. So whether you're hitting the stage for the first time, looking to up your game, or even after some inspiration to follow your own dreams, I hope you will find something here for you. I'll ask the questions you're too embarrassed to and get real about the highs and lows of pageantry. If you enjoy this episode, please give us a share on social and pop me a review on iTunes. Now strap on those heels and let's get into it because we have a lot to cover. Hello, 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 and welcome to the first episode of season two of Pageantland podcast. Moving into season two, I definitely want to have some more specific advice episodes. I happen to be, or happen to work and be an expert in a couple of areas that really benefit pageant contestants, but I will also be bringing in other experts that are outside the pageant industry, but what they teach is really useful within the pageant industry and life beyond, Uh, looking at, off the top of my head, things like imposter syndrome and confidence and interview prep and Uh, being able to find your own truth and digging deep into those kind of aspects as well uh, that I will be bringing specific experts in that aren't experts that have worked in the pageant industry but like I said they really bring something to a contestant they really add another level to your ability to compete at your best. I am a big fan of self-development because I think it massively impacts all areas of our lives But if we're not working towards a goal, it's very hard to pick and choose which areas of self-development to self-develop. And pageantry kind of gives you that focus to be like, right, well, I'm going to focus on all the things that benefit my pageant experience, a mixture of being able to enjoy it, but also a mixture of being able to compete at my best level. And that's the same really with any goal that you do. It's good to have Um, and work on the skills that would benefit that goal because otherwise you're a bit swamped by all the things you could be learning you're just like let's read all the books and every time someone recommends you a book you're going to read it and every time someone recommends a podcast you're going to listen to it and it's just not a very practical way of going through life it's nice to learn a skill execute it based around the, the thing you're working on at the time and that's the way that it gets cemented more into your brain, that your hands actually learn to physically do the thing if it's physical doing. Uh, actually, to put it into real-life context means it's much more likely to stick. So lots more of those kind of skills coming your way in season two. So what are we touching on today? Signed up, now what? Uh, it can be a little bit... Actually, to be fair, even if you've competed before this can still be a little bit like, ah, panic stations. You feel like everyone else must be further ahead than you. Everyone else has done a million appearances and sort of their outfits and everyone's got it together apart from you. It, it can be a little bit freaky. And with the work that I've done over the years, actually with quite a few of my jobs, uh, I used to be a wedding and event planner. I had over 60 weddings a year. Had to be pretty organised with that one. Um, I've run a couple of my own hospitality businesses and I now teach organisation, time management, decluttering, that kind of life structure element with one of my businesses and a personal trainer with the other. And this is basically a strategy that I would use with starting anything. 
So you can apply this, this principle to anything, but today I'm going to be using the example of pageantry. So you've signed up, your regional sash has arrived, if you get one with your system, and you're like, ah, what do we do next? So the big thing uh, you need to do first is research your pageant system. Now, I'd like to think you did a certain amount of this before you signed up, but I want you to physically put pen to paper, really jot down all the details that you're finding, save all the website links that you're finding, dig deeper than you could have possibly imagined yourself, digging deeper into this system, past queens, names, international, regional, national people, um, what other people are competing in your area, all those kind of things, what areas of competition, is there a way of finding out what, how the areas are marked, are they marked, certain ones marked higher and things like that, like really dig deep and learn as much about your pageant system as possible. The next step that I would go through is starting at the end. What's, what's your goals and things? That's always very, very important. And I've done previous episodes about what your goal is beyond winning because I don't believe that you should only have winning the crown as your goal. I think there should always be a secondary, ideally two, two secondary goals um, for your pageant. Now, it could be making friends, uh, feeling more confident in my interview, uh, Ideally, you want something that's like trackable and measurable. So making more friends. If you come away with a couple of people, you can say, yes, I've got two people that I really connected with and we message each other a lot now. Then that's a trackable one. Feeling more confident in my interview, a little bit harder to track. So try and make them trackable, but have have a couple of goals beyond winning the crown. But also picture how a winner would be, a winner, if you were the winner, how would you be? Because that's very important to remember. It's about being you. It's not about creating, like recreating a previous winner to win again, because it will come through as inauthentic and they will know. So picture how you would be as a winner at the end. How would you want to have come across on stage? How would you have wanted to come across in your interview? How much appearance work and charity work would you have wanted to have done to be the queen that you know you can be on that stage and have an image of that like sometimes I'll dig deep into how how would I want other people to react if I won would I want them to be like oh that was a bit of a surprise we haven't really seen her she hasn't really done anything like some people would want that they like to come out from the back of the pack and like burst their way through um Maybe you want to be like, oh, I knew she'd do it. She's been on it all the way through. Like, think about how you would like that image of you to be as the queen. Next, you want to note down all the important areas of competition. Now, this varies from competition to competition. You don't just want to factor in here the things that get you points. When I say important areas of competition, with Galaxy, so Galaxy is the system I compete in, so I use that as an example. With Galaxy, we get marked on interview, and then there's three stage rounds in my age category. If you're in some of the younger age categories, you might not have swimwear. So we've got swimwear, fashionwear, evening wear, and interview that we're specifically marked on. We can also get some bonus points for appearances, so you can have half a bonus point for up to 10 appearances. Beyond that, you're doing the appearances because you want to, uh, or maybe you want to talk about them in your interview. So Although beyond those 10 appearances you're not marked, it might be worth, depending on your image of how you want to be as a queen, it might be worth doing more. 
maybe you're not sure if some of your princes are going to count. It's always safer to have a few extra buffer ones. And you want to make the most of that title. Um, what other areas do you want to consider? Charity fundraising, not a specifically marked area, but there is a title for Miss Charity in Galaxy. And there might be an assistant that you're going into. Is that one of your goals to go after the charity title as opposed to the full title? Because last time I competed, although I was gunning for the full title, I did really want it. I, in hindsight, now know it was definitely not the right time for me to get that title. And I, in my heart of hearts, what I really wanted was the charity title, which is what I got. So look at the, when I say the important areas of competition, it's not just important to winning, it's important to you and what matters to you. Maybe it's getting involved with all the other girls or connecting with all the other girls or learning more about the pageant industry as a whole, things like that. Make sure that you've noticed those areas down. And then I want you to note all the important areas of preparation to achieve those things. So this is where you start to look at um, the next couple of areas that I'm going to pull in as well. There's a bit of crossover with some of these, but look at what prep is it that you need to do? Do you need to be finding a mentor, finding a coach, things like that? Uh, then what areas are you most comfortable with? Your strengths. What areas do you feel like, I could get up tomorrow and absolutely nail this? Now, I'm not saying you're not going to have to practice those areas because I think it's always good to practice the things you're good at. If nothing else, it's a great confidence boost. But I think it's good to get down on paper and start building up this picture of where your strengths are um, and then also start to think about how you can make the most of these. How can you use these for your appearance and charity work and how can you use these on social media to really spark, spark interest in your pageant journey? And then, obviously, the other side of the coin, what areas are you most worried about? Like, what are your weaknesses? This can be a little bit scary. And I don't want you to get really hooked up on, like, these areas. Like, don't don't let it break you. We are identifying your weaknesses because we want to learn how to work on them, how to fix them. What do you need to take those areas to where you want them to be? So how can you do some extra prep or learn more about these areas? This would be where you jump back to those, those sort of important prep areas and be like, yes, no, I really do need to get a coach. Or I want to go to a walk training day. Um, I'm going to go and speak to a formal title holder. Uh, I was reading this thing the other day and it was really made a really good point. Don't necessarily go to the reigning title holder because chances are they have a larger commitment on their time. If you go to a former title holder, a fair, as recent as possible, but a former title holder, uh, they're more likely to be in the place to have the time to talk to you about their experiences. Whereas if you go to the reigning title holder, they're trying to do all the responsibilities of a reigning title holder. And that's a lot of work. So yeah, try and find a former title holder, someone that's already given her crown over and get some advice from them as well. Um, say, find a pageant mentor, like, going to listen to all the Pageant Land podcast episodes whenever they come out. I'm going to soak up all the advice, um, but really try and focus in on those areas you feel are your weaknesses. So next step, based on all the information you've collected, I now want you to set up a mini goal calendar. So this is about what mini goals do you need to achieve to achieve that 
finger goal. So you're starting with your end in mind, starting with this final image of you as a queen and how you would be, and working your way back to like what mini goals contribute to that. So that might be the number of appearances you want to achieve. That might be the amount of charity fundraising that you want to do. That might be working with a certain coach or making sure you've met X amount of other pageant girls or former contestants. Those could be your mini goals. Uh, you could be wanting to improve your interview and joining Toastmasters. So you want to have attended 10 Toastmasters events. So Toastmasters is an international system. So a uh, system, company, brand um, that helps people with public speaking. Uh, it's very economically priced, like ridiculously cheap in some areas. So definitely worth looking into if you're nervous about public speaking, be it for your interview or if you've got an onstage question, but also for building confidence when you're going to appearances, definitely, definitely worth a look at. So if those are things that you want to get better at, you might want to look at signing up for Toastmasters and you want to have done that by a certain day and then you want to have made sure you've attended 10 sessions by another day. That would be mini goals that build towards your bigger goal. And it's really important to have these benchmark steps because some girls are signing up to pageants up to 12 months in advance. It can be quite a long slog of not feeling like you've achieved anything. If you're just waiting for those big goals at the end that you're going to know you've achieved by the end of your pageant. Having the mini goals means that you can feel like you've had a certain level of success along the way and success breeds success. So definitely worth having the little mini goals. And then you want to actually put them to a specific date. I love a Google Calendar. Put them in your Google Calendar um, or draw up a list of all them and make sure you've got a set date for them. Things you want to consider, though, with these dates. Some deadlines do not want to be super close to your actual pageant because if something happens and you get delayed, you've still got a buffer of time to get them in before your actual pageant. So don't have things too close to the actual pageant. I've got my last charity event two weeks before the Galaxy Finals. I wasn't going to commit to anything else after that. One thing has cropped up that I really want to do, so I've made the exception. Um, but it is very exceptional. The lady is only in the UK for the two weeks before Galaxy, so I didn't really have another option if I wanted to do it. And other than that, all done before that, uh, the alterations on my dress will be happening over those two weeks as well because I am working really hard on some specific body goals. One of my mini goals is a body goal. And so I can't alter my costumes until close to the time, but they will be done right at the beginning of March. So I've still got, I can get them done. They will have seen the work but and have it ready to go, but I will actually go in and take final measurements and sort of hit the go button on the alterations at the beginning of March, um, knowing that then I'm just looking to maintain my body. I'm not looking to hit any new goals after that. Uh, the funny thing was last time I was at Galaxy, I actually lost more weight while I was there because I was resting and looking after myself and I wasn't stressing about work and things like that, which is really funny. Um, so I, the night before the finals, I had to eat a load of food because some of my stuff didn't fit anymore. It was like getting too loose. Um, so yeah, funny sidebar. Uh, anyway, yeah, make sure you've left enough time before the pageant for those goals also look at other significant things that are happening. So for me, I will do very little pageant events. Um, I don't think I've got a single December appearance at the moment. Um, I might 
I've, I've put out there that I would do a couple of uh, like school fairs that I'm up to doing because I can take my daughter and it's a fun Christmas event. But as far as I'm concerned, December is about family and faith. I'm a Christian, so obviously Christmas, quite a big festival for me. Um, and I just, if I put anything in there pageant-wise, I'd, I'd probably begrudge it a little bit. But realistically, it might end up having to be cancelled at the last minute because there is a lot that goes on with the family and faith aspect of my life during December. Maybe you've got a really big birthday or your one of your parents has a big birthday, you've got 60th or a 70th in there. Be very careful about putting a mini goal very close to that. And look up if there's any other big things happening in your life, exams, job changes. If you run your own business, are you launching a product at the same time you're trying to hit a mini goal? No, 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 no. Spread them out. Spread them out, spread them out, spread them out. Give yourself a little bit of breathing room. I'll definitely do some specific episodes going into some of these areas further down the line, but as it was episode one of season two, I felt like it was a really good topic to look at today. The thing you've got to remember is a plan is not going to take you anywhere if you don't actually execute it. So I think the last thing you want to do is scan back over it and go, is this realistic for me? Like, is this something I'm willing to put the time and effort into? Because if you're not, you're better tailoring it down a little bit and making it that bit more achievable. I always think things should be challenging, but realistic. Uh, The example I use is a bit of a bizarre one. If you're five foot four, setting a goal of being five foot 11 when you're already like in your 30s and unlikely to keep growing, probably not a good idea. It's not realistic. You can't physically make yourself grow that much. Um, I believe there's some hideously painful operations. You can get maybe half a centimetre out of your height, but wouldn't recommend those because they sound, well, hideous. It's better to have something that's challenging but achievable. Life is life is tough. Things happen in life. Um, and it's not going to do your morale any good to set something that is absolutely incredibly impossible. So it's finding the balance of being a... Um, an optimistic realist, that's how I identify myself, I'm an optimistic realist, uh, when it comes to your goals, your dreams, and the plans that you want to do. I believe that people can achieve so much more than they think they can, which is where your goal needs to be challenging, because you're trying to push yourself beyond your previous boundaries. But if you've never done a pageant before, and you've got very little time, money to invest in the journey, like I said, in a previous episode, doesn't always need to be money, but if you can't invest money, the chances are you have to invest more time. So if you haven't got time and money to invest, then don't put as much pressure on yourself to go for the crown. Go for a different level and learn from the experience more and come back in a future year when you have got the time uh, to invest in the experience and in going after the crown. That would be my personal, and some people might disagree with that, but that would be my personal achieving goals in life experience. Yeah, that's taught me that. Yeah, definitely. So the last step, obviously, is get to work. Get on with it. Start achieving those goals. Start moving towards the the crown or whatever other goals that you have for your pageant and have an amazing time doing it. 
Thank you for joining me today. I value and appreciate your time so much. It's wonderful you've given some of it to this episode. Please rock on over to our Facebook or Instagram and share your thoughts. And I would love you to give this episode a share while you're there. For any specific links, check the show notes or rock on over to our website, pageantlandpodcast.com for more information about the podcast or how you can be a guest on a future episode. Have an amazing day. And remember, you sparkle your brightest when you're being yourself. See you soon.